Just spinning, maybe recording. I don't know. Last time I did this, it went live for like a minute and didn't even tell me. Don't start giving me hard. I have to move on to something else. In any case, I think we're probably recording. It's just giving me a minute to tell me. In any case, we are here. Episode, of course, number 19 of Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. Remember, my recording thing went, to, went away altogether. And it's not telling me I'm recording. Ah, oh, so annoying. It says live on my end. Does that make it? Does? Yes. It, it should live. be. Now it says live on my end. Now we're 43 seconds in. See? That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> anyway. Just pretend none of that happened. Episode 19, Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ, of course, interactive video show. Where you can join us for the show. You can be in the chat and chill with us. You can come on and smoke with us, ask us questions, interact, all of that good stuff. You just have to subscribe, OnlyFans and Patreon, both places you can subscribe. ShellySJSmokeOut.com for all the pertinent links. I'm, of course, Stoner Jesus. In case you were confusing me and Shelly, a lot of people get us mixed up. When they look at us, say, who's who? So we have the helpful names there. For those people, Shelly, how are things today in the uh, the world of, of, of Southern California and celebrity and all that stuff? Well, it's super windy today, which is kind of annoying because, like, that's when my allergies will flare up and all this. Mm. And I'm having a really, 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 really rough day today. And so I thought it was a good idea to do two shots before I went on a two mile walk and then worked out. And then mm. after I was done with my workout, I thought it was a good idea to take two more shots. <laughs> and then I thought it was a good idea to use Uber Eats to get some sushi sent here. Oh. And then it's like one of those things to where like, when it was already on its way, I regretted it. I was like, dude, I don't need to eat sushi again. I should just like, wait, it's Taco Tuesday, whatever. And then when it got here, I don't know if it has to do with the sushi or if it has to do with the fact that I'm having a bad day, but it didn't even taste that good. So I was like, dude, it wasn't even worth it. Like I just put in those calories and sodium for like nothing. I don't know, it's tough. Um, on my secret society, I have this thing called the weekly rewind. And what that means is um, on my Snapchat feed that I have for my secret society, uh, I like do like a kind of like a week kind of vlog with it. And I'm behind on them right now to where uh, today I was working on January part one. And there's just like so much of Fred in there. And it mm. effed me up like really bad, especially because in the, in the um, episode I was editing, I cry about like being all effed up because like I'm watching him pretty much die. So then it effed me up to be sitting here editing this video and seeing myself like that. And then there's this little box over there next to Ethel. And then that opened up a whole thing. So then I was like, dude, let me go on Facebook and see the actual day that it was a year that Ethel had passed away. Well, that was on Saturday. And there was a video I post um, before she left with Danielle to her work the day she passed. Um, I had a video of her and she's like in really bad shape. I just remember like, it seemed like she wasn't even there. And oh God, I'm gonna cry. I felt like she was just holding on for me. And that's how I felt with Fred because after he stopped breathing, his heart kept beating. So, and the lady that came here to, you know, do the procedure on him, she was like shocked how long his heart kept beating for after he wasn't breathing anymore. And so I was just like, he, he was having a hard time letting go too. So I've just been having like a super hard day and I'm just trying to do the best I can right now. <laughs> Indeed. Not that it will fix it, but... Weed does help, I found. Even if just a little bit. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Whether it's with appetite or with anything else. Well, here's the thing that kind of pisses me off about myself is um I think that what happens is I had a friend tell me years ago because he effed his back up really bad. He was in a bad car accident. 
And before he started smoking, because he smoked later in life, like myself, and um, he said that, you know, because I knew him as a smoker. And once in a while, he'd have a beer here and there, but not really a drinker. So it was crazy getting to know him. And when we got closer, that he was a huge drinker way, way before I knew him because of this back pain he had. And that he would get so sick and tired of this back pain that he was just like, screw it. I'll just drink, blah, blah, blah. And I can relate to that. There's times where I'm like, I just want to not have my back be in excruciating pain for like 10 minutes so yeah i'll take that shot and that gets me in trouble sometimes so when i've shared that with him before he told me he's like you know what the best thing i could tell you is smoke more drink less and he was like you know i'm not telling you don't drink but just like just smoke more and it pisses me off when i have bad moments whether it's mentally or physically that Instead of smoking more, I'll go to drink because it's faster. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's faster. Sometimes it kind of even lasts longer. And that's the thing too. I don't know about you, but something that kind of aggravates me is when people want to label me or whatever. And they're like, oh, all Shelly does is smoke pot. And it's like, well, here's the thing. When someone has anxiety and then let's say they take like Zoloft, for example, um, or a Xanax or whatever to help them in a pill form, it's going to stay in your system for hours. So like, that's why you don't have to take another pill for however many hours when you're just smoking, not doing edibles, it wears off. So yeah, you got to do it again. It's not staying in your system as long. And so it's like in saying that it pisses me off when I do this to myself because a lot of times I'll find, wow, I haven't smoked in hours. Like instead of like feeling all gross, especially if I do too much of the drinking and then I feel sick, it's like, I should have just been smoking this whole time. Like, or maybe drank less, like my friend said, and smoked more and I would have felt better. And I hate when I do this to myself because earlier I should have just kept blazing it up until like, I'm like, well, I'm good. But instead I was just like, oh, whatever. I just, I'll take a shot. And I hate that because now I don't feel like crap, crap, but I don't feel so good either. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's few instances when smoking weed isn't going to help or isn't a good idea. Like, you know, going to court, stuff like that. That's when you should avoid it. But all other times you should smoke up. Going to court, that's the best time to do it. <laughs> I actually went to a courthouse one time with uh, someone else, and they were going through the metal detectors. And the sheriff was like, we have the metal detector. I mean, she's like, uh, you have a strong odor of marijuana, sir. <laughs> and I left the weed in the car. So I said, well, you can search me, and I don't have any marijuana. She's like, no, just go ahead. So, <laughs> yeah, I smoke weed. I smell like marijuana frequently, if anybody's wondering. Um, me too. I went to a courthouse once kind of did the same thing but i had just a pipe in my purse and they threw it away they took it <laughs> i once almost walked in through a metal detector with a metal pipe and like just before i got there i thought i have a metal pipe in my pocket so i turned around i probably looked suspicious as hell walked back out the door went to my car put it in my car and then came back i i think I've, <coughs> i think i've mentioned it on here before but i accidentally got married years ago and um that that's got to be it. Remember last week when I mentioned that there was something you mentioned during yeah the that's it. I accidentally got married once. I thought to myself, damn, that's got to be a good story. <laughs> I got married once. Okay, so this was what happened. It was back in my experiment rhino days. For those of you that don't know, I used to be a cocktail waitress and bartender at experiment rhino strip bar, and um, excuse me. And so, oh, that tastes like sushi, and it didn't taste good. <laughs> Anyways, so, so the subscribers uh, are here for. <laughs> so uh, what had happened is um, they were having a some kind of contest going on for the girls. And my bosses were inviting some of their buddies to be judges for the contest. And um, 
this guy came and he worked at the tattoo parlor that one of my bosses at the time worked or would get their tattoos at. So when he came in, I was like, wow, that guy's cute. So I was waiting on him. And then just being the bold Shelly that I am, um, I was just like, wow, you're really cute. And so we started talking, whatever. Um, we started hanging out. We hooked up. And we knew each other for literally, we were boyfriend and girlfriend for like two months. Knew each other, met, became boyfriend and girlfriend in two months, and we went to Vegas and got married. Now, when we went to Vegas and got married, we literally did the cliche like movie thing where it's like, I only told my sister, uh, at the time she was really young, uh, we went to Vegas, the only people there were me and him, Elvis walked me down the aisle singing Love Me Tender, see Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> he haunts me so Elvis gave me away and the thing is is right when the doors opened and I was going to walk down the aisle to this guy I saw him and he was smiling so big and was so happy with stars in his eyes and my instinct was turn around and walk away <laughs> and I stoner Jesus I literally married this guy because i felt sorry for him if i didn't go through with it oh, like wow. i cannot believe like that's the thing like i cannot believe i got married because i felt I was gonna feel bad for the other guy if i said never mind <laughs> nobody was else there like yeah it would have hurt him whatever but nobody mm -hmm. else was there that we knew so it wouldn't like been this like whole thing and then maybe we could have talked about it yeah maybe it was, it's a little too fast Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so we got married and um, here was my thing is like, before we got married, he, like I, that's when WWE was really close to hiring me. And um, they sent me to OVW for a couple weeks just to give me a look. And um, I was there with some like diva search reject girls that didn't make it. And um, when I came back, I just remember he was like, it'd be so cool if I could say, oh, my wife is in WWE. Da, 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 da. And so he, me being the like idiot, I know, I'm like, oh, yeah. And so um, we got married um, about a month or so into our marriage. I found out that he was an alcoholic. And at that time, I didn't drink or smoke. So that was like, whoa. It's like, duh, that's where you get to know people before you marry them. <laughs> Before you marry people, you get to know them and get to know if they have issues like alcoholism. So one day he came to, because what he would do is um, he had Mondays off. And so what he would do is come to the Rhino on Mondays. And of course, I'd hook him up with drinks. And before I realized he was an alcoholic, I just thought he was just a drinker. And he would usually just drink beer around me. So I was like, oh, you know, he's fun, like whatever. Okay, cool. And so he would come to the rhino on his day off. I'd hook him up and then we'd leave together. It was fine. But this one time, one of my bosses had some kind of, they were celebrating something. So they were doing like these gnarly shots. And I had never seen him like take shots before. He got so drunk that at one point he whipped his dick out and started to try to pee on the bar when I was bartending. And when I was like, what are you doing? He was flipping me off. He was flipping me off with his free hand. And I was like, what is going on? So I freaked out. I jump over the bar and then I like grab him by the shirt to like take him to the bathroom. And he pushed me. Wow. And one of the bouncers saw. And my reaction was like, I was going to punch him because prior to being with this guy, you know, in high school, in the couple years out of high school, I was with this like very abusive boyfriend. And I told myself I would never let anyone ever make me feel that way again. And so it triggered me to that moment. I was like, oh my gosh. And it freaked me out because I was like, not only is this a bad situation, but now he's triggering me to that toxic guy. And I said, I would never let anyone, I married him. Like, what am I going to do? And so I remember the bouncer came and he grabbed him. He's like, I'll go beat his ass right now. Just tell me. And I was like, no, it's fine. So he passes out on one of the couches that the girls, you know, are supposed to be using for lap dances. 
And I just remember driving us home and I was crying and he was just being such a dick. He was just like, I'll give you something to cry about. And it wasn't like I was afraid of him. Like he was going to hit me. It was just like, you're mean. And it was almost like in a sick way. I rathered, I know this sounds really sick. I rathered him have been like violent than being the mental abuse that he was giving me. I don't know why. It was almost like I felt like it hurt more. It was weird. So I stayed up all night crying. The next day he woke up, he went upstairs. And he's like, why are you crying? What's wrong? He remembered nothing. And I totally believe it. He remembered nothing. So then he was like, I'm going to pour everything out. He poured everything out. You mean more to me, blah, 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 blah. Well, that lasted about a couple of weeks. And then when he came home drunk, he was like, well, where'd you meet me at a bar? So blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know what the hell, because it's like, that was my home life. And then yet here I was like this close from getting signed with WWE. So, um, we, I ended up getting hired. And then the plan was that he was going to move to Kentucky with me. I was going to go first, kind of like, see what's up. Then he was going to move there, maybe work at another tattoo shop. And we we're going to live happily ever after. Well, when we got there, when he got drunk, he would talk about how he was like jealous of me. He was like, I want to do something special in life. I want to da da da. And I'm like, well, then do it. Like, do it. I bust my ass to be here to get this job. Then go do it. And it was just really bad to where I remember at the time I was living in a hotel room. And I was so mad that I like almost punched a hole in the wall <laughs> and I remember he got freaked out and he just sat there and like it shut him up because he was just being a dick again and it's like you're scaring me I was like good like the wall or your face it was terrible so when he went back to California unfortunately I hate that this is a fact but I ended up cheating on him with one of the wrestlers there that I was training with and I was super shady about it like so not cool because I didn't have the balls just like I didn't have the balls to walk away from getting married to this guy I didn't have the balls to tell him like look this isn't working out <laughs> so um what's crazy is I tried to get a divorce from him and I didn't really know how to go about it because like I was young like how do you do divorce and he just wouldn't sign the papers and I remember it took Francine she's like you know, because now we're on the road, fast forward, we're on TV. And she was like, you know, what if you make like a lot of money on the road? And then like, he tries to go after you for it. You better, yeah. you know. And so she goes, this is what you're going to do. She bossed me. She's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to tell him you're going to have someone go to his house every single day until he signs them. And I was like, ooh, that's a good idea. So I tried that. And then it went to this whole thing where he starts to finally cooperate and it was just back and forth, back and forth. What was hilarious to me is one time he had called me drunk and he was like, oh, I'm here with your friend, Leah. I'm like, Leah, who the F is Leah? I don't know what he's talking about. Then um, later, Lita, the wrestler, <laughs> came up to me at work and she was like, you know what's so crazy? She was, Cause she had this band called the Luchagors where it was like, um, like punk rock and they would like be all like lucha face paint whatever um i wonder if she still does that she should anyway he ended up being on the road with all these bands and she was one of them and she said that there was this guy there and all he did was bitch moaning complaining the whole time that his wife was this wrestler and she went off and left him because she went to be famous and blah 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 and she's like and it was you and i was like oh my god you're leah <laughs> that would make sense. Alita, Leah. He's like, whatever. So that's when I found out that he used me as this story. Now, I was kind of bothered because I'm like, it sucks what I did to him. It's not cool. Like, not cool at all. But, like, why are you making it to where somebody, like, is telling me, like, oh my God, this guy, da da da. And it was you. And so um, there was that. And so, when I got fired, I moved back to California. I thought maybe the reason why we're still going back and forth and we're not divorced yet is because we're going to make it work. I'll try it one more time. <laughs> I went and hooked up with him, blah, blah, blah. 
the next day he was at work. He's like, oh, can you bring me some food? Yes. So I'm thinking we're getting back together. And then, um, long story short, he ends up telling me that he doesn't want his friends to know that we're back together because they're going to give him a hard time. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, dude. And by the way, I had, when I gave him the food, um, the band, the casualties, I had a casualty shirt on. And so he made fun of my shirt. And then I was like, and then he said that. And I go, okay, Mr. Punk Rock, Mr. Punk Rock, you're so afraid <laughs> what your friends are going to say. Okay. And that's when I knew this is just, at least I tried. I tried. So um, I ended up writing him a really long letter later. And I explained, owned up to everything, took accountability. And it was really cool because he wrote me back and he was like, I'm really taken back by this. Like, thank you so much. Like, I never thought like blah, blah, blah. So whatever. And it just was like years. Anytime he'd get a girlfriend, it would be like, he would be blowing my phone up. We need to get this divorce. Da, da, da. And then when they would break up, I'm glad we didn't get a divorce because then that would stop me from marrying this other girl. I guess he's like Ross from friends. He just wants to marry everybody. So, um, what I had to do, and this goes back to the courthouse when they took my pipe, I had to go to the courthouse so many times because at the time I was completely broke and I had no direction. No, anyone that knew anything about divorces, when I'd reach out to them, including my mother, they would blow me off. Oh, you just do this, this, and this. Like I had to figure it all out. And, um, I didn't know where this guy lived. I didn't know what he did for a living. We were totally estranged. So I had to take these like ghetto ass classes with a bunch of other people like myself that were ghetto asses, some more than <laughs> others. And we had to take these classes to pretty much learn the right steps to do. And we had to go to the courthouse. It was such a pain in the ass. It took me years to do it because if one little thing was filed wrong, like it would make it all incomplete and you had to do it all over again. So it was terrible. I, I, my, I have a car at the time, so I had to take the bus downtown and the metro to downtown LA, which is terrible. It sucked. And so that's why I had that pipe on me when I went through the courthouse because <laughs> I took the freaking metro there. Like I needed it, you know? And so when they threw it, I was like, damn it. Well, long story longer, it took me 12 years to get a divorce wow. from a guy that I wasn't <laughs> even with for a year. <laughs> and like, oh my God, it took so long. And the thing is, is like through all of that, it's like, I learned so much. First of all, I could tell people how to get a divorce. If so you're a divorce expert, if anyone needs help out there, I have a lot of useful information that can save you a lot of time. So there's that. So, you know, secondly, I kind of think I might've accidentally married somebody else if I wasn't legally married, just like he had said, but he said it multiple times. So there's that. So I'm glad I didn't have two marriages under my belt. Cause then I would be like Ross myself. And then, um, at least like I knew I tried because there was times where this is how dumb I am. I thought, well, maybe we're meant to be friends. <laughs> maybe we're meant to be friends. So I tried to be friends with him like online and he just like wasn't having it. And then one time he was like, oh, you sent me a sexy picture. And I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, well, you are still technically my wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Ay, ay, ay. So, um, you know, we finally got that divorce. And I remember he had said, um, like, he sent me a text. Because we got married on Christmas Eve, by the way. I don't know why. But we got married on Christmas Eve. It's romantic. So every Christmas if he didn't have a girlfriend he was always like sending me messages so that last one he was like well it's been a good run and I'm thinking what are you doing no 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 
And the thing that offended me the most, though, was I literally thought maybe we are supposed to be just friends and, like, it's fine. Like, I was like, okay. But it just gets me that these guys that I have these, like, weird situations with, I'll still try to be cool with them, but they always got to be weird. Like, they, like, want to kind of make it seem like oh, I don't watch what you do. I don't care what you do. Blech. But they do. Mr. I want a sexy picture and all this. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, just be a man about it. Like, just be like, hey, I'm horny. Can you send me a picture? I got nothing right now. You are my boy. <laughs> I can respect that more. <laughs> you don't follow me back on Instagram. I like your, your pictures and make comments on there. And it wasn't flirting or anything. I was just trying to be like, maybe we're supposed to be friends. <laughs> so it all worked out. <laughs> Fred Mertz hated him. Fred hated him. Anytime he tried to get near me, mm -hmm. Fred would literally try to attack him. And it was like an issue. And one time he like ran after Fred and I was like, what are you doing? Don't you ever touch him. And the only time Fred was cool with him was when he would smoke because Fred got his leg broken when he was a puppy. So he had a bum leg. Mm. So especially when it was cold, it would bother him. Mm. And so the only time he was nice to him was when the dude was smoking and he was like, <laughs> yes, heal me. Now stay away from my mom because I don't like you. <laughs> Dogs will tell you. A lot of people will tell you that. They'll tell you somebody's bad. They'll know. Speaking of men that Shelly wants to marry, <laughs> the iconic William Shatner turned 90 years old, which I was also surprised about. That means when he was doing Star Trek, he was almost our age that we are now, which is crazy to think about. But uh, you, yeah. You know, this is what gets me about Shat. He just turned 90. And what I did, because this gal that I follow on Twitter, she's the one that mentioned it. The first thing I did was I went to his Instagram because I was like, I want to see what he looks like right now. Maybe all these photos that I see of him being like old man river, maybe that was like not recent. Maybe that's what he puts out there because he likes to like make people remember him in better conditions maybe, you know. And hell no. Don't that's we all. <laughs> that's how he do. And I was like, wait a minute, because I guess he did some kind of virtual, um, like sci-fi or Comic-Con type of thing. Mm -hmm. And he had on his Instagram, this like video clip of him talking virtually to different fans. And it was like, I think it was like the summer, last summer. So it's like, that's pretty recent. And he looked like that. And I was like, you know, what's crazy is. Betty White, she, in my opinion, for being her age, like, she's in good shape. But Shatner, and trust me, I have no room to talk, has his belly on him that looks like it hurts. <laughs> but he looks, like, younger than her. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, he looks like he should be in his, like, late 70s or something i don't know it just it's really messy is, is he really 90 like it yeah. just blows it was my a mind. surprising number when i because, saw on twitter i don't know just by the way he looks because okay if shatner was like healthy right like he took care of himself he got exercise he ate well he wouldn't have this bloated look to him his bloated look to me tells me maybe he doesn't eat the best. Maybe he drinks. So it's just weird to me that for being in his 70s, it's like, okay, brother, be careful. But he's not. He's 90. <laughs> so I guess it's all right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, good for him. Definitely it was good for his age. I was thinking when, about like you know people who look their age. I don't know if you saw those pictures of the queen's husband, like in the car after he got out of the hospital. No. He looks at least 200 years old. If anybody could look 200 years old, it's that dude. I mean, he's had a rough life, I would imagine. Well, not rough as in, you know, they're rich and famous, obviously, and have all, all the 
service or whatnot, but rough as in having to be in that family, which doesn't seem like a fun time at all, <laughs> even with all the, the fortune and all that that comes with it. <laughs> Try and find the picture. But that's the thing is like, I don't care. Oh, it's not coming up. I don't care. I just put the queen's husband. What's his name? <laughs> I want to say Prince Philip. That may be wrong. Husband leaving hospital. I'll put that. But uh, that looks like the Crypt Keeper. Femi remembers that show. I just think that like <laughs> there's things that go on. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? Ah, uh, like ninety nine, I think. <gasps> that he's super old, but he looks even older than that. <laughs> Um, you know, no matter what kinds of things people believe in, because I know there's a lot of different, uh, conspiracies out there about different things, but with that being said, whatever you believe, I just have never heard any good stories about that family. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? Like, and it's weird to me that like, when the Megan married that Harry, how people were like so gushing over the wedding like the princess diana wedding and that's fine like hey whatever whatever people like to watch that's fine but it's just weird to me because it's like my point is is that they're gushing over these people when i never heard anything good about them i remember being a young girl and like little girl even and you just hear this this and this and oh they're this way and that way and i'm sorry but if like for oh, my whole life that i know of there's been negative stories about this family i mean it can't just be haters talking you know what i'm saying it's like it doesn't sound very good now i talked about it on my show i guess it was last week i pointed out that <clears throat> people will like vilify the rich in general but people like bill gates jeff bezos and amazon like we're doing the show right now i'm on windows 10 all the stuff for crap you see behind me, this microphone, everything I'm doing this with came from Amazon. This is one of the few instances where I can think of where these people are super rich and they produce absolutely nothing of value for anyone. They just exist in their big old houses and the inbreeding or whatnot that's going on. I have no idea. Allegedly, but still, it's very weird. Weird people. So weird that if we talk about it too much, they might come after us. So we'll just leave it at that. That's right. I love... <laughs> The royal family. While I'm at it, I also love the CIA and the FBI and the NSA. If any of you are watching, I love you all. You mean flowers by Irene? She stops by your house too? Yes. Government overreach, reading my emails. I'm cool with all that. Thank you. Thank you for looking out for me. Yep. So, uh, another one of the topics. Like Various uh, times, Shelly will just shoot me a message. It just says, sometimes it's a couple words. And all I know to that I can bring up to trigger her and her story or whatever happened, one of them was Offspring Concert. That was the entire message, <laughs> Offspring Concert. You know why? I was drunk off my ass. <laughs> Here's what happened. So in my secret society, um, you know, I have two um, higher tiers. One is my bike club. One is my vampire lounge. And one of the things that the Vampire Lounge and the Bike Club get every month is I do a lingerie live stream with them. So I was hanging out with my Bike Club, and it was one of those things where, like, I knew that I was going to be hanging out with them, so I wasn't really drinking that much because I was trying to get back to, like, the weight I was a few years ago. So... I was like, okay, I'm going to have this bottle of champagne and I'm going to, I can't wait. I'm going to save it. I'm going to drink it with my bike club. It's going to be awesome. And it was just one of those things when you like, you really are looking forward to something and it tastes really good. It just worked out. So I was just all about it. And I was listening to, um, it started off the social distortion came on my Pandora because I have my Pandora in the background. And then we started talking about music and talking about bands that are live. And then Incubus came on. And when Incubus came on, I was sharing the story about how when I saw Incubus for the first time, they were opening for Offspring. And I was talking about how Offspring was so freaking awesome. And when I wrote you that, <laughs> it's so funny because in my live stream with them, I'm like, hold on, let me tell Stoner Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I laughed real hard. I was like, I just put offspring. He's probably like, what the hell? She's okay. <laughs> so um, I was gone, dude. I was. It was so much fun. It was a lot of shout out to my bike club if you see this. I know one of our subs here is in the bike club. So <laughs> this is for you guys. The kids but, out there who don't remember the young people, Offspring was a hell of a band. They have yeah, a lot of great songs. That was my point. Is um, so. My friend Amethyst, who will never see this, she will not accept my Facebook friend request. I don't know why, but <laughs> shout out to Amethyst. Um, <clears throat> she she had and I had gotten these tickets at, to go see the Offspring. I can't even remember. I think I got them from the, like a radio station or something. I can't even remember. And so we went, and I remember Incubus was so awesome because. They sounded exactly how they do on the radio and all that. And I just love when bands sound the same or maybe even better in the sense because you really feel them because it's right there. So it was awesome. I was all about it. I felt like, whoa. And this is why I wanted to bring up Offspring. Shout out to Offspring. You got to make a little teaser for this. Because Offspring, <laughs> let me tell you something, fellas. First of all, guys. I used to work at Famous Stars and Straps. So you guys used to come in and I was the secretary. You probably don't remember, but I used to think it was so cool when you guys came in. So anyways, um, when it was so cool because it was that song, uh, when I go driving, I stay in my lane, you know that song? Mm -hmm. So um, the whole, like everything was quiet. And then all of a sudden you hear the, the whole arena just goes, black and it's an outdoor arena so it's just black and you just hear like a car turn on oh i'm getting chills right now and then you hear it going and then then you start to hear because there's like this little tiny like the guitar plays this little like okay the song's gonna start and then on this big screen it it's a guy in a car and he's getting on the freeway. And then all of a sudden, when you hear him go, when I go driving, I stay in, the lights go on and the band's there. Oh, and it was so <laughs> awesome because he was like, it was like a movie. It was, you know, you got Incubus, you're there, you're floating. You're like, oh, he looks like Jesus a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's great. And then all of a sudden, the arena goes black. And you're like, what is going on? Is something wrong? And then, oh, you hear the car. Oh, okay, there's something happening. And you're really tuned in to what's going on. Because uh, it's like very detailed. Like, you know how they're showing the car and the driving. And so it's almost like you forget you're at a concert. And then when they say that, and then like, that lyric and then they're on stage like a magic trick <laughs> it was so awesome <laughs> i was so drunk when i was telling this i was just like oh, i gotta talk about this on the smoke <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true and the thing is, is i just love music so much music has been something that's been there for me through thick and thin and even though there's some things about the music industry that i completely disagree with and it sucks or whatever I cannot help that music. I used to, this is what I used to always say. My grandma one time where I was driving and I was like listening to the classic rock channel and I was singing and driving. And she's like, you know what, Shelly, for as long as I've known you, all you want to do is sing and dance. And I thought about it and I said, you know what, grandma? Music makes the world go around. And as it goes around, I will dance. And for the <laughs> longest time when I had my AOL account, that was my little signature that I was like, that's a good, that's a good one. But it's so true, and I think Offspring doesn't get enough credit for the awesomeness that is them. And I was like, why don't I have any Offspring on vinyl? Like, I don't understand this. Like, I need to do that ASAP. If they have any, I'm sure they do. Some bands yeah. from that era did strictly just CDs, so I don't know. But Offspring, this is to you right here. That's right. 90s in general were a great time for music. Again, a few youngsters out there. <coughs> but the thing is, also about that song, when I was drunk the other day listening to it by the bike club, I was like, dude, I just so vibe with this song in a way I never have before because something that's my pet peeve in life is unsafe drivers. And they are filled here in SoCal. I cannot stand <laughs> it. 
Because a lot of these people that drive like idiots are people with a lot of money. They're famous or they're famous. So it's like, so just because you have money and you're, you've done something that makes you famous, you could put everyone's life at risk on the road. Sure. And I used to be really bad to where I would chase people. I would go out <laughs> and I would out them and I would tell them off. I'm lucky that nothing bad's ever happened to me when I've done that. Because they're usually men that it that do it. The women do it too. And that's the thing too. I don't know if this is wrong of me to say, but it takes me back when a woman is driving recklessly because I'm just like I don't know. I kind of feel like we have like a certain intuition inside of us. That's like, be safe. I don't know. Maybe it's sexist of me to say, but I just can't. And I will throw looks. So now what I do, I don't chase people anymore. I haven't chased anyone for uh, years. So I've got, I've got, I've worked that hard. I'm working on just accepting that this is the deal. And the best thing I can do is just continue to be, a safe driver myself. But then what bothers me is when people are so unsafe, it's like, no matter how safe I am, no matter how much I am just doing all the road rules, you can F me over. And because of you driving like that, you might drive off and have no idea what accident you just made happen. And by the way, mine and Danielle's dad died in a car accident. So I've had ever since that happened, a very like driving anxiety, what if, what if, what if? So it just drives me nuts that these people, like, especially when I see it's a celebrity and it's like a recognizable one, I'm like, you asshole. Just because you're so-and-so, you really think that you can do that? And I just love when it's the celebrity guys and they think that I'm like, oh, and my little PT Cruiser looking at them, their stupid little douchebag mobile over there. And then like, they'll look at me and they'll do their thing. And I would like if you like if you're this is them I'll I'll look and I'll take my glasses and I'll be like, oh, how can they do that driving like that? And I will mouth it so they know that I'm talking shit because I'm like I don't care who you are, bitch. Like no, and it just drives me effing nuts, especially when it's like one of those deals when it's on the surface streets and there's a red light coming up. So you're creating all this drama, possibly car accidents, not one, but dense, just to hit, get to that red light, bro. All right. So that song, <laughs> it drives me insane. <laughs> super important celebrities. <clears throat> they have places to be. Another message that a uh, well, offspring concert uh, was the one message. Then the next message from Shelly was choking a guy out at the Rainbow Barn Grill while Jenny Lane from Warrant watched. <laughs> this is a good story. Okay. Let me <laughs> so you're getting behind the scenes look at how we build the show. Shelly shoots me messages and I write them down and I have them right here. Okay. my over. notebook. I was completely sober when I wrote you that one. <laughs> so this goes back to this gal who I follow online. She, um, her whole Twitter is dedicated to just like California of yesteryear. And it's really awesome because she'll post like, oh, you know, this was downtown LA in 1962 or whatever. Like really cool stuff, you know, because I just live for like, the back in the day stuff. Yeah, the shadiness, it was all there too. I get it. But I feel like it was more tolerable. Like I could tolerate this town more when it was like <laughs> more old school. But now it's just like, ugh. So um, I love her post. And um, she had post, I forget what it was, but it's something that's no longer there that I enjoyed. And I was like, oh, I hate when that happens when things change. And so I replied, I said, I miss, I, I, I hate that, what how did I say? I hate how things change and I miss going to the Rainbow Barn Grill, which is on Sunset Boulevard. Now the Rainbow Barn Grill is the place where like Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and all those people like in the eighties, like just like tore it up over there. Even before like the doors, they performed at the whiskey over there, you know, in the seventies and stuff. So it's just, if you're 
in music, like the 70s, 80s, and 90s of Sunset Boulevard, especially the 70s and 80s was like, and early 90s, like that's the place to be. Like that's where you go, Sunset Boulevard. So um, the rainbow's over there. And um, it was just one of those things where like, I would go there for years and years and years. Now, I've talked about before, I think on here, that I used to date Ricky Rackman, who was on the Headbangers Ball back in the day. And he used to have this like rocker club on Sunset Boulevard called the Cat House. So when we were dating, he took me to the Rainbow. I think I was like 19 years old. It was my first time going to the Rainbow. I was just like, I fell in love immediately. I just felt like this is my place. Like, I love this place. And way after we like stopped dating, I'd always go there on my own or I'd take my friends there or I always wanted to go on dates there. It was so much to where like some people would be like, let me guess, you won't go to the Rainbow. Like, I just I was obsessed. <laughs> That's where I got to become friends with like Lemmy from Motorhead. Um, that's where I got mixed up with Cypress Hill. Um, that's where I told off Joey Botafuco. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like there's a lot that like that place was my place, man, to where I lived like 45 minutes away. But people literally thought I le lived in that area because I was there so much. So I loved it, you know, and it seemed like, gosh, it was a couple years back now, about three years or so, I believe. I got to look back in my archives. Um, I did a weekly rewind about it and post it. Um, I decided to boycott the place and it sucked to do that. And the reason why was because I just consistently kept getting rude ass service and it just wasn't the same anymore. And I kept going there thinking, oh, that was just an off night. That was just an off night. That was just an off night. And it's like, dude, this is not an off night anymore. So that's why I made that tweet to her. And then it made me think about this night where I choked this guy out. And I thought this would be a really good story to bring up here. <laughs> so I took my cousin there. And my cousin will never see this, but... Bitch, you talk so much shit about me. You think that I'm this and that. I took you to the <laughs> rainbow. I try to like include you in my life. You were the one that rejected me. Just saying. And this is a clear example of me having your back, bitch. So That's right, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> so we were at the rainbow. I met up with some of my friends there. And then actually one of my uh, old bosses from the Spearmint Rhino he hit me up. He's like, hey, I'm on Sunset. I was like, oh my gosh, me too. Come by. So he came by with his buddy. His buddy was so drunk. And at the time, I was in WWE. I was visiting California. So <clears throat> he was so drunk and he just kept like, he was, of course, like, oh, you're a wrestler, da, da, da. And it's super packed inside the rainbow. Now, when you first come into the rainbow, like there's the cash register over here. And then to the left, there's a fireplace. And uh, usually big shots sit kind of like right here facing the fireplace. So we were kind of like, the fireplaces here, we're kind of like over here on the corner of the fireplace. And this guy kept talking crap to my cousin, like disrespecting her. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I am not cool with this. And my former boss was just kind of letting him talk to her like that. So I jumped on in there and I was like, don't be talking to her like that's my cousin. Like, you know, don't disrespect. And he just kept going on and on. And I said, look, dude, if you don't stop, I swear to God, I'm going to choke you out right now. So you better apologize to her right now. And he wouldn't apologize. He wouldn't apologize. So I grabbed him in a guillotine hold crunched it. He was starting to pass out. That's when I let him, I went, I put him over to her. His face was to my cousin. And I said, tell her you're sorry. Tell her you're sorry. And then he's like, all right, all right, I'm sorry. He's like about to pass out. So I let him go. And then he pushes me. And so everyone's like, Whoo. and so I pushed him back 
and like his head kind of hit the fireplace a little bit and he got in my face he's like oh you want to come at me like a man blah 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 i was like i don't care and then i was looking and then jamie lane from warren i just remember looking at everyone because i didn't realize everyone was watching including all the big shots and jamie lane was going oh my god <laughs> and everyone was like watching they're like <gasps> and then that's i was like shit i'm in wwe right now I, if the cops get involved, I might lose my job, so I better get out of here. And so I left. And what's so hilarious about that story is when I was in TNA, I was on a red-eye flight from LA to Florida. And the flight I was on had Janie Lang from Warrant, um, Joey, what's his name, from NSYNC. Fatone? Fatone. Douche. He was on the flight. <laughs> um, who else? There was like two other people who were famous. And so I brought it up to Jamie. And now he was like, oh my God, yes. He's like, and so at that time, that's when Nikki Six had come out with the heroin diaries. Like mm. it had been out for a little bit, but I had just gotten it. And um, I was reading it on the plane. And then Janie was like right behind me. And then he was like, oh, and he starts like, Motley Crue, talking about grievances. <laughs> and so he starts buying me wines and we're just drinking. So by this time we switch seats and like we're sitting next to each other, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe I'm going to admit this right now. So <laughs> we're getting drunk. And then he's like, you want to go to the bathroom? He's like, this is what we'll do. I'll tell them you're my wife and that you're really sick. So that's why I have to go in the bathroom with you because you don't feel good. So we went in there. That's exactly what they did. They stopped us and they're like, oh, you know, okay, blah, blah, blah. So we go in the bathroom. We had sex for a little bit. <laughs> Long enough <laughs> to see my old head club. But it was very <laughs> cramped in there. And it ended up going soft. Oh, so fine. So then we continue to hang out, whatever we exchange numbers. We are starting to talk, you know, and, um, while we were in Florida, we were hanging out, whatever. And so he was like, Hey, when you come back, are you going to come see me? I was like, Oh my gosh, of course. Cause at this point I'm like, wow, like, you know, I know that's crazy. I don't know this guy going back to those groupies and I get it. Like you think, you know, these people, but you don't, you don't. And so, um, here I am lost in that fantasy of thinking like, I kind of know this guy just cause he's like a celebrity and like trusting of that, you know? So I'm thinking I'm getting a new boyfriend. Cause remember I'm a class five clinger. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always thinking I'm going to have a boyfriend. So, um, and that's the thing. There's a difference between you just want to go out and get yours and be a gal about town. And then it's one thing when you're like, okay, I think this guy might be my boyfriend because you're dumb and you're effed up and you had a bad childhood. And that's why you think you're going to get a boyfriend out of it. No, Shelly, you don't go on airplanes. <laughs> go in the bathroom with someone you don't know. <laughs> and think they're going to be your boyfriend. I so, um, he lived far from LA. So he was like, Oh, you're really going to come down there and see me. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, of course. And so I was on my spare time on a bowling team. And I just remember being at the bowling alley. I was feeling all good. I was like, Ooh, me and Janie, I got a new boyfriend. We're going to like, it's going to be awesome. And then I get this phone call from his phone and I'm like excited. And it's not Janie. It's his longtime girl. I don't know if they were married oh. or if there was his girlfriend. And she was like, who are you? And da, da, da. And I was like, oh, my God, there goes that. And so I ended up telling her, you know, that, um, you know, she'll never see me ever call his number ever again. Like, I'm not about doing that. Because um, at that point, you know, like I talked about earlier, how I was the person had cheated and things like that, like, you know, because I've done really douchebag things in my life, like that's what makes me so against those douchebag behaviors 
now or like you know in this case when I told her I was pissed I was just as pissed as her and I was just like I'll never call him like I never will and of course the guy always tries to call me oh the, the excuses or whatever and I'm like no dude no I'm on her side f you so it was really weird when he died I was just like that makes me feel weird because like I'm sure I'm one of many girls that this has happened and it's just like that's so weird like and then the timeline of it all like he was there when I took the guy out the rainbow then he he's on my flight and then he was my boyfriend for like a day <laughs> and then his chick calls me oh i hate that i didn't know they stopped people on planes for like going into the bathroom like that i thought people were just having sex willy-nilly on planes all over the place i guess no. i could nip that in the bud no and you know that was the second time i joined the mile high club the first time i was in wwe i won't say who but um no oh. <laughs> I won't say who, but um, you know, is it Vince McMahon? <laughs> no, it's not Vince. It's not Vince McMahon. It's not Kevin Thorne, and it's not Batista. Yes, it's not. It's not the go-to's that everyone. <laughs> so, um, it's crazy though because same thing. I thought this guy was going to be my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be my boyfriend and um, we were in the bathroom just drunk. It's like, that wasn't our first time of hooking up or anything. So it was like, that's why I thought, Ooh, Ooh, this trip was just really when he's going to realize he's all about me. We're going to be together barf, but um, I'll never forget. And this is probably where I effed up doing that on the plane. And I remember there was some guys banging on the door when we were like messing around and they were like trying to F with us and stuff. So it's like now looking back, it's like, well, no wonder certain people put me in a certain category or treated me a certain way. Like here I was quote unquote, the newbie in town. And then here I am on a charter flight with everybody having sex in the bathroom. And I heard that's why Shawn Michaels didn't like me because he was a jerk to me and I had some words with him and like, whatever he was very rude and it got back to me later that he was mad because what had happened is we were in the bathroom we had sex and then we were going to go and do it again so he told me to go meet him in the first class bathroom and so when I went his ex-girlfriend grabbed him and like the cop blocked and I remember Paul Heyman was like well, first of all, okay, so the ex-girlfriend grabbed him and made a conversation with him. I continued to go to the bathroom, and the guy that she was had moved on to, um, he opened the bathroom door. And I, I was like, oh, I just don't feel good, like blah, 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 because I'm thinking it's the other guy. And so when I came out of the bathroom, Paul Heyman was like, you know what just happened, right? And I was like, no. He was like, she grabbed him. And when you went to the bathroom, that's when the other one went after you. You know what's going on here, right? And I was like, no! I thought I was going to have sex with my, in my head, boyfriend. And so I heard that Shawn Michaels got pissed that I went to the first class bathroom to go have sex. And that's why he didn't like me. But then when I talked to Sunny about it, she was like, well, Vince used to let us use his office all the time so i don't know think, i don't know why he'd be mad about that so i don't know but it's okay that sean michaels doesn't like <clears> him, i don't like him maybe he had to take a dump maybe it's like damn it's occupado <laughs> with me sitting there getting <laughs> set up. oh my god <laughs> oh i have to say i know i say this every episode but another great episode <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for all of this, but I don't care. It's fine. It was, I'm just going to put it all over on Twitter. Nobody will see it. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, like, that's why I don't think people realize. Like, I think they think I just have a stick up my ass. But it's like, that's why I have, like, such strong opinions about certain things or people or have low tolerance for whatever. Because, like, look. 
I bought into it all too. And I just said this today on my uh, daily vlog that I do, or I try to do. And, um, you know, it's just like, for me, it's kind of like if you worked for NASA, right? And you just were all about NASA. That was your dream job to work for NASA one day. You're finally working for NASA. And then let's just say, for argument's sake, that all of a sudden they totally tell us that the moon landing was fake. All of it was fake. The, the, the earth is not round. And this is why we lied to you. Like, let's just say that that came out, right? Like all of the, everything that you is opposite of what we've been taught. That would be such a mind up to somebody who believed in NASA since they were a kid. That's what happened with me in wrestling. It's like, it wasn't what was presented and what I thought it was going to be, which is fine because some people are okay with that. And some people kind of like it. They like that, you know, hustle and politicking. They get like a, a high off of it. So that's fine. And that's why it's for them. But for me, it's like, I went into it like these crazy stories. Like, I, that's what I thought. Oh, I am a wrestler. Like, this is like, we live the rock star life. This is what we do and whatever. And like, no big deal. But it's like crazy stories. And it's like, who does that? Like, I guess I did. But it's like, that's why. That's why I have such strong opinions about things. And especially over wrestling and it just it gets annoying when people just want to think that I'm just this disgruntled oh I got fired so I'm all upset it's like no dude it's all the stuff I discovered like that's why I'm upset like I already knew that when I was working in WWE before I really saw what was what I already saw shady things happening and I was like eh, it's like Hollywood I guess whatever i thought it wasn't going to be as bad as hollywood but that's just how it is whatever dude it's fine like i'm just not going to be a part of it but hey if you guys do what you got to do that's fine like i don't want a title shot i don't want more camera time i'm fine with everything i'm doing like i don't care so i was okay with it i guess you would say like it wasn't my way but i was like well it is what it is entertainment but once it became like, because I wasn't down, I was now being punished and then blackballed. It's like, that's what I have a problem with. It's not disgruntled employee. It's, damn, dude, I thought, like, you work hard, you put in the time, and you got some talent with you. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> Won't be making Shawn Michaels money, but I'll be fine. That's right. I wonder if Shawn Michaels has a Twitter. I'm sure he does. Ugh. See what he thinks about the bathroom story. Say, Shawn, did you just need to use the bathroom? Is that what the problem was? <laughs> this is this is what I will say about the Shawn Michaels thing. I, in the situation I was with Shawn Michaels, I told him, or I I kind of yelled. See, this is why, like, <laughs> I tell people, it's like. I used to think because I got in a fight with Batista, like it was like Batista's fault. I got fired. And it's like, dude, no, that was like the last straw for them because it's like, <laughs> I told off Randy Orton. I told off Shawn Michaels. <laughs> there you go. I got into it with Batista. This girl's out of control. But when I got into it with Shawn Michaels, I remember I was like, and I remember one of my friends was pulling me away from the situation. I was like, I worship the same God as you. How dare you judge me? <laughs> I worship the same God. Because I was told he was a born-again Christian, that he had changed his life, and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I didn't have much interactions with Shawn Michaels. But based on like me observing him, he just came off very douchey. So I was very thrown off that like, you're gonna sit here and judge me. Like, I just mind my own damn business. Like, so what? I went to go have sex in the bathroom and- That's right. Get the over. worst things in the world. Sonny said. 
Vince used to let us use his office. So what's the problem, bro? You're a Christian now? Well, you know what? Part of being a Christian is you're supposed to be Christ-like. And when you're Christ-like, that means showing love and compassion and kindness, not judgment and rudeness. But what's a poor Christian supposed to do when they have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was before the three days, huh? <laughs> Shawn Michaels, I just want to take a crap on the plane. Why is that so hard? <laughs> Oh, again, another great episode. Thank you, Shelly. 19, 19 episodes. Our fame is growing. It's uh, it's all coming together. That's what I think. That's what I tell myself. Hey, tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself to get through the day. That's right. It's good advice. <laughs> whatever gets you up the next morning, that's what you need to do. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you, Shelly. Another uh, one in the books. Yes. By the way, I did hear the. Uh, I heard there's like a the slight ting of the wind chimes throughout the entire show. So there's a little background music, a little ambiance, if you will. So you can tell well, it's very windy know, there. Story behind those those chimes is um, someone gifted them me after Ethel had passed away, and mm. on the chimes there's a little paw print, and it says like no. "Always be with me" or whatever. So we we say like, "Oh, Ethel's chimes are going off." So <laughs> Ethel's chimes are going off the whole time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, thank you, Shelly. Have a good night and uh, see everybody next week.